That's so on brand for you. So on brand. Yep, very on brand. Hey everyone, welcome to the That's So On Brand podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Mann. I'm a graphic designer and business coach, and I am endlessly fascinated by other people's passions. It's our passions that make us unique, relatable, and people that others want to work with and get to know. I'm on a mission to get people thinking about their story and how their life experiences have molded them into the entrepreneur, athlete, or professional that they are today. You may not be for everyone, but you are most definitely a person that someone out there needs right now. So join me every Wednesday to hear from aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners and see just how unique, authentic, and inspiring each person's journey is. So let's get into it. Man. So now we're recording. We had all that beautiful content to kick off and now you can't even use it for anything. I know. Well, I don't know. You I want like me to, to reach I like to warn people. What wordle, guys? <laughs> Fill me in. Wordle. It's a daily word game that was recently acquired by the New York Times. You're mm-hmm. seriously, you don't know about this? Yeah. I mean, what are you doing with your life, Jeff? <laughs> I'm trying to grow a business here, you know? And a sweet Smart beard. <laughs> the sweet beard is already done. That's that's <laughs> that's on point. That's where it needs to be. Oh, on point or on brand. On brand. There you go. There you go. Got to right Kristen. I, I I know it's the title of the podcast, right? Um, mm-hmm. People have not asked us that specific question, but there's been a lot of you know tiptoeing around the brand question in general. Okay. While people haven't asked that, they do tend to fixate a little bit on our name, Good You, which started out as a joke. Yeah, I want to get into that. Yeah, so I'm just getting into it right now. Our old partner, um, whenever I would call him up, he would just answer, Good You, without even (laughs) saying, so he got right into it. So it was just this ongoing joke. Um, Not a very good one, but we kind of liked it. It's just like one of those sticky things that you do with each other. And uh, yeah. When, when when we formed the business, it just kind of, you know, the joke continued on. So that's how we, we got our name. And we liked it because it just sort of conveyed that we were approachable and that we were regular and that, um, regular. you know, like, regular, we're not grammatically correct, you know, come as you are. So that's just sort of like what we wanted to convey with our brand. Um, we wanted to demystify advertising because it was confusing for a lot of people. Yeah, it's intimidating. Yeah, it is. Unnecessary story. And then Jeff and I were kind of talking a little bit um, before today. So there are some people that will fixate on it a little bit, the name, which is good. There's like no bad publicity as far as I'm concerned. One of our first clients, <laughs> you know, like our very first discovery call, we were just riffing on it for like 15 minutes, you know? And like, that's how the call went. And it really just set a nice tone for the rest of that call. And she was a client for a couple of years. Nice. And then it goes the opposite direction. I think Jeff, you, you were telling me about your, uh, your contact in on the West coast, right? I have a old, uh, agency buddy who, you know, I worked with a number of years ago in a previous life in New York city. And he branched out, you know, a decade or more ago and opened his own shop. So now that we're doing the good you thing, I called him up and I was just like, hey, any friendly advice, you know, whatever. And, you know, I mean, he he basically like made fun of the name 
for three minutes straight. I don't get it. What do you mean, good you? Like, what's what's that even good all? Yeah. Why didn't you like it? What do you mean? What does it mean? Like, we're good. Do you? I don't understand how you don't understand what it means. And it was just an awkward three minute exchange. So it's like, do you never greet people? Like, didn't you even just hear the story we just told? Yeah, seems obvious to us. But I think in general, it's um, I think that's like only our, our only negative or not positive experience with with the brand. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, you can't please everyone all the time, but it's funny. That's for sure. It's funny the things that do <laughs> bother people or, I don't know, the things that we don't think about and then it gets brought up and you're like, I did not anticipate this being a problem or this being a conversation that I would have about this. That's how I, what I find. Because I feel like when I'm doing design work for other clients or some things, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but there have been times where I'm like, should I push back on this, like this, this copy that I am putting in here? Because I feel like people might react to this differently, but um, yeah. yeah. That, that balancing act between, you know, um, delivering the client what they want. Right. And, you know, you're obviously very experienced in design and, you know, you have a pretty good idea of what's going to work what's right. not going to work and what just looks good. Like it's you're the nice. expert there. And, you know, we have to remind ourselves, you know, we, we work with someone um, who's really good. Like he, he's actually, you know, you know, a team member mm-hmm. and, you know, as much as we're an ad agency and we know advertising really well, we just have to kind of remind ourselves collectively that we're, we're, we're in client service. Service right. business. Yeah. Right. That balance. Here to, here to do what the client wants to do at the end of the day. And you can caveat and you can give your recommendations <laughs> and you can tell them what they probably should be doing or should not be doing. But if they want to color the horse green at the end of the day, like it's going to be a green horse, you know, so. <laughs> a green horse that actually we're, we're... brings up a question, though. So when I when you hired me to do your rebrand, we had discussed keeping the pink and the purple. Mm-hmm. But I forget where the pink and the purple even came from. Was there like any reasoning behind those colors? Because I know when I did my research, I was like, no one else is using these colors in your industry at all. But I'm, I'm curious if there's anything else behind that or if it was just like it happened this way. Yeah. So the inspiration was 80s ski jackets. That's right. I remember that. And um, it was ski season when, you know, original partner and I were, you know, were forming the company and we were just trying to come up with, you know, like what do two dudes do? Like when they're trying to, you know, figure out a brand and just spinning up a website and getting the LLC registered. And I'm like, yeah, it looks good. Cause like we were scanning the eighties and stuff. We're not, we're not young. And I'm like, you know, it's not a color palette that you actually see very often. So at least it'll help us break through some of the clutter. Yeah. That was a, that was a big part of it too. Like when I joined, we had a lot of these conversations when we were working with you, Kristen, and otherwise, like, just do we keep them? Do we not? And I mean, at the end of the day, like when you try to do a little bit of research, I mean, nobody's using pink or purple out there, you know, I mean, it's just, it definitely stands out compared to the blues and the greens and the reds and whatever else everybody is using. And then the other thing is that the purple, you know, original partner, Jason and myself all worked at Yahoo together for a number of years. So there's a little bit of a nod to, the past there in our connective tissue um, together there for a decade plus being Yahoo, one of the iconic purple brands yeah. that's existed. So, and is now back again. Here they are. I know. I know. I do think of Yahoo when I, I think of purple and something else 
that I wanted to touch on. When I was designing your logo, I found the font that you're using now for the logo. It's kind of funky. It's different. And I remember when I was presenting it, I was like, I hope they like it because I really like this one. And I, I feel like my clients either go one of two ways. They either are like super on board with my favorite thing. I was really psyched when, when you guys were like, yeah, that's funky. We like that. It's cool. Righteous. <laughs> yeah, the font. That's the name of the font. <laughs> <laughs> and the description. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was super easy working with you because you're creative, but I also think like you, you asked a lot of really good questions about what we were trying to accomplish. Um, and I think you kind of helped us stay true to what we were trying to be. Um, I don't think we were even that hard to work with too. So maybe it was just a good combination of, uh, of, of designer and client and all that. So it's just I like, hey, we wanna, we're just pick whatever <laughs> colors you want as long as they're they're loud and they kind of break through the clutter. So talk to our web design and development team. They'll tell you that we are very difficult to work with because I don't know, whatever looks good, you know? Some Websites are hard. A bit more clear direction. I don't know if you're that way, Kristen. Some people don't want the direction and just want the creative freedom, you know. But yeah, I mean, we're pretty easygoing, and you know, if it looks cool and it's a cool font and whatever, it's great. Let's roll with it. Yeah, it worked out. It was one of my favorite logos last year. That was last year. Yeah. Past yeah, tense. It was. Well, no, my la my favorite of last year. I mean, okay. relax. Yeah. You're um, still. What's your, what's your favorite logo that you've ever done? Uh, that's a hard question. Does anything come to mind? Yeah. Um, there's one that comes to mind just because the process was like, it wasn't brutal or anything, but it just was a long process. And it was the first time I had a client like really push back on me and we had to go back to the drawing board. So it was like kind of high stress and I had just started my business, uh, but it came out really, really cool. And um, it was worth it. But that's the one that comes to mind just because I think the whole experience was like a roller coaster. Formative experience early on in your business. Yeah. It taught me a lot. And I was like taking a lot of things personally at that point. And that was the first time where I was like, if I react this way to any pushback that I get, it's going to be a miserable time being yeah. a business owner or even just a designer. So it just taught me to lighten up a little bit. It's an interesting learning. I feel like Ooh. I still personally struggle with that sometimes. Chase and I will occasionally talk about that. You know, it's hard to separate yourself when you pour yourself into your business to separate yeah. the personal from the, especially since we really try to lean into like being us, like we're not any different, you know, we are kind of who we are when you talk to us as a client. Yeah. It's a lot of what the brand's built on, like Jason was talking about. So it's innately a little bit more challenging for me anyhow to like just separate me from good you and if the client's not super excited about the thing that you did and you got to go back to the drawing board like okay. <laughs> stings a little bit more stuff yeah so what tell me how good you started like what what was the turning point for you guys or what were the trajectory of events that led you to forming the business so that's a good question um <laughs> It kind of goes back to the the Yahoo days, and this was with partner who's no longer partner. Mm -hmm. So we'll call him partner. Partner and I started the company. I guess it's like three years ago now. Yeah, okay. uh, and we had always worked very closely at Yahoo together. 
So we were always kind of just tossed around the idea like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if one day we started a business and we kind of did this for ourselves instead of doing it for the big corporation? Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, you turn the clock ahead and there was, you know, we just kind of, I had left Yahoo in 17 when um, it was acquired by Verizon, Jeff? Yep. Okay. And then partner left shortly thereafter. And that was the perfect time, right? I mean, like, the, like the, there, there was no clear sign for us to be, you know, doing this and embarking on the journey of starting a business together. And we did. So that, that was the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as, you know, as glamorous as like, you know, setting up a couple of computers in a, you know, like a Palo Alto garage or something like that. <laughs> but, you know. But it rarely is. You had your early days working in the Hoppington Library, and you know, there's a little bit of that. Yeah, a little bit. We would um, try to find, like, you know, we we didn't live close together, and um, you know, Zoom is great, and you know, video virtual meetings are great, but sometimes you just need to be side by side, especially because the velocity of uh, of the stuff to do that needs to get done. You know, it's just like you just need to be making decisions and just almost be like talking all day while doing work and just kind of being able to have like that ongoing banter. So we would, you know, pop into the library and his community and we would go somewhere else. And then we got a co-working space and we spent some time in Starbucks. Of course, this was before the pandemic and that was pretty easy to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's yeah, that's how it started. We came out of the gate. We landed one client and then we landed another um so it felt pretty good you know just validated what we were doing even though we were really messing everything up like we were so we're so much better now than we were then yeah you know and i kind of look back at some of the old emails and if we have to go into the archives i'm like oh we did a presentation back then i'm looking at it sometimes i'm cringing and i'm like damn if like if i could just you know take my extra three years of experience doing this and apply it three years ago man, we would have been so much better. But I guess that's just part of growing up in anything as a business, as a person. Yeah. Totally. So. And then, you know, fast forward to October of 2020, Jason, I think. Yeah, 2022 now. Yeah. So yep. I was still at Yahoo, which at the time was Verizon Media. Um, it had not yet become Yahoo again. I had pivoted internally since Jason and previous partner had left and started Good You, and I just felt like I'd kind of hit a little bit of a ceiling internally. Yeah. I'd That's made a sort of change. I had done well with that. I was like trying to find new challenges, but you know, ultimately, I was just starting to get to a point where I was like, eh, I don't know, like what's mm-hmm. next. And I'd always wanted to do something for myself, and I had loosely been like joking with. Jason on the side, like, I don't know, well, maybe I'll come join Good You. And, <laughs> and then COVID hits, right? And yep. the, the role that I was in was like extremely high stress, basically like being an internal consultant at Verizon Media. And like, it was like, what's the COVID response strategy? Like the hours just exploded, quality of life dipped yep. pretty significantly. And I was just like, what am I doing? I was already having those thoughts rattling through my brain. And I always thought like maybe as pseudo retirement, I'll go like do some consulting and that'll be my quote, you know, career for myself. But mm-hmm. I just started to think a lot more seriously about it. I was like, I don't know, maybe COVID's actually a good time to do something like this. Like maybe it's a little bit easier to start something and just heated up the conversations I was having with Jason 
about mm-hmm. what you know what he's doing and originally was still gonna go it alone and you know as jason has yeah. said before when, when you get the chance to work with really good people that you really enjoy working with like you know you jump at them and for me a lot of the saying was like you want to go far, go together. You want to go quick, go alone. And I was like, I don't know. I don't want to just flame out by myself, you know, trying <laughs> single consulting, you know, for six months or something like, yeah. let, me join, let me join up with these jokers. Let me see if we can make a real run at it. So yeah, really glad that happened. I, and I was putting the full court press on and I was trying to explain because, you know, we were, you know, nine, 10 months into our own journey, you know, as the starting the business. There's just so much shit that you just kind of like, you know, like you don't even know like what you need to get done, but you know, it's, it's a ton, like everything from, you know, the simple registering the LLC to getting business insurance to, you know, just setting up like your, your IT stack to all that kind of stuff. And before you know it, like you've burnt six months, (laughs) um, you know, just getting that infrastructure in place. And all while um, trying to actually work. Yeah, exactly. Like, like in between like doing client work. Yeah. yeah. The, the BD definitely suffers at a time when you should be like devoting 98% of your time to like meetings, networking and clients and, you know, making calls and, you know, all that stuff. And I was right. trying to tell Jeff, I'm like, you know, just be prepared if you go it alone. I think it's just going to be really tough, right? Like if you're just going to, you know, and and Jeff's really smart. He probably would have gone through that learning curve quicker than I did. That's, that's for sure. But still I'm like, you know, the pitch to Jeff was, Hey, we've already done it. So you just get to join, join the club. uh, Do the fun stuff. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And uh, again, I'm really, really happy that he did. Um, And just for the record, like partner um, is still a very special person to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're still in regular touch with him. Um, you know, we're actually working with him. You know, he he became a client. Um, nice. But yeah, and that's just a nice way for us to continue working with him. Um, yeah. We have, you know, a professional and per- personal relationship with him. Also, yeah. for the record, he didn't leave because of me. <laughs> what did you do, Jeff? Met the apple cart. <laughs> You know, it's uh, it's two twenty, but it's also National Drink Wine Day. Do you have a glass or glass of wine over there? Are you a wine drinker? I don't drink alcohol at all. Is that crazy? Stepped right into that one, Jason. Oh boy. Hey, I don't care if someone else does. I just my body doesn't love it. Understood. I don't know uh, that anybody's body really loves it. You know, <laughs> get older. Yeah. No one's likes it. But. <laughs> Jeff yeah. and I were in the uh, in the office yesterday, which is pretty rare. We're still not um, heading in as often as we would like to, and so it's just better to be, you know, working together. As I just <laughs> just pointed out, but had we known that today was National Drink Wine Day, maybe <laughs> we would have dialed it back a little bit last night. <laughs> <laughs> In anticipation of saving it up for today. (laughs) It's Friday. The the work day is almost over at least, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I realized we jumped into this and you mentioned digital marketing, but can you tell people like very briefly what you do? And then in that same question, I always ask people what their pet peeves about their industry are. So I don't know how you want to go about that. (laughs) 
but digital marketing is like a broad term. So I want to make sure people understand what it is that you do. Jason's got the elevator pitch down pretty well. Get it. Gonna, hey, why don't you take a swing at it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're tossing this hot potato back and at, forth at its, at its core. I mean, we just connect our clients messages to the right people at the right time online. You know, mm-hmm. we specialize to your point, digital marketing is very broad. Right. We came out of the gate. Our backgrounds collectively are in digital advertising, right? So whether that be, you know, paid social ads on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or paid search ads on Google or Bing, or programmatically, like if you're surfing around and you see banner ads still on your favorite website. Mm -hmm. Um, So we came out of the gate at Goodyear really focused on that. That's our background. We're really good at getting ads in front of prospective clients and driving an outcome, you know, you want more leads or more sales for your e-com business. We can really help with that. So that's the core of what we do. But to your point, mm-hmm. digital marketing is really broad. Um, and we just found there's a lot of bad practitioners out there. There's a lot of people that are giving bad advice. This will get into the pet peeves for me anyhow in a second, <laughs> you know, and for advertising to be effective, the core of what we were doing at the time, like, you get some people to the website of a client, but like if the website's terrible, mm. not going to buy the thing that ultimately the client wants to have bought. Or if right. the creative that you're putting in front of the users on their favorite website isn't enticing them to click and get to the website, then, and we weren't really focused on web design and development. We weren't really focused on creative. We were just focused on like building the campaigns in Facebook or Google and like getting the ads in front of the right audiences and Right. And so we said, you know what, I think it's going to be better for us. We read the market a little bit to like try to, you know, include those services to improve, you know, our, our clients' outcomes. So I think that answers the question. The pet peeve for me is that there's a lot of practitioners out there that will just like use acronyms and talk over clients' heads and make digital marketing sound really scary and really complicated, founded on like nothing but like pixie dust and unicorn horns and there's no way that they would be able to figure it out themselves because they're talking dsps and ssps and all sorts of crazy what are cookies you know like and yeah and yeah. just like i have no idea sure i'll pay you like you know this retainer i hope that you're doing something good but i don't really know what you're doing right it's magic um it's magic and that gives other practitioners like ourselves who take very seriously like trying to help clients really understand the core of what we do and whether it's performing and, and really help them learn over time. So that like maybe in three years, you don't actually need to have an agency doing this for you. Maybe there's elements you can do yourself. Right. Um, that's my pet peeve. And I think we've tried to found the agency on, again, back to the name, like being regular guys, using regular language, talking to people in regular ways about just the core of what marketing is, even online, you know, it's just getting yeah. ads in front of the right users at the right time with the right message. Yeah, I know when you were, when we met, I was thinking about having ads for like my ebook, which is hilarious because I don't know, (laughs) that's just not what I should have been focusing on at all at that point. But you guys were so smart and you were like, well, there's other things that you should do before we even run ads. Like you need to optimize all these things like your website. And Mm -hmm. you told me about like Google business pages and just things like that, that I knew that I needed to do, but that 
I hadn't put the the effort into. And even just doing those things helped me a lot. <laughs> like I still get clients and I'm not even running ads myself. And I still get clients from my Google business page just because people are searching for a graphic design and I come up like little things like that, that I think people don't focus on because they're told that they need to run ads by those people who are misleading them. Yeah. Glad to hear that. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> you guys rock. Well, I don't know. I feel like when I got on the call with you, I was like a little nervous because I'm in that field kind of like I intersect a little right. bit, but I don't do those things myself. And for the people who I like the clients that I have worked with who have needed Facebook ads, I tried to do them myself and I just hated it and it was stressful for me. So going into that conversation, I was kind of stressed because I was like, this is going to be so much money and blah, blah, blah. And you guys definitely were like, no, like we're not going to even do that yet. Like we're yeah. going to focus on these like wicked easy things first. So it was super nice. Glad to hear you say <laughs> Honestly, I mean, you know, there's there's some sense where maybe it doesn't help us, but we get on calls like we're not classic sellers. We're not very not at all. (laughs) We get on the phone and I feel like half the time we're like convincing clients that they don't need to work with us you know, because exactly what you're describing, you know, and I think in a lot of ways that actually works to our benefit, because again, like, I don't know, the assumption is kind of like, is this even going to be a fit when we get on the phone with the client? Like, let's ask a bunch of questions and try to figure out what you're even looking to do. It's not like super glossy. Here's a bunch of slides and like, you're definitely going to work with us. And I don't know. And so like, maybe we've actually not gotten a couple of clients because we, you know, have had that approach, but I think just in general, the response has been good and people have the same reaction. I think that you're describing, which is, you know, we're not trying to like sell you on anything. I don't know. I mean, maybe six months from now, it makes sense for us to work together. Maybe you just do these five things on your own today and we can just add a little bit of value. And like, maybe later you'll be a client, you know, we just try to do right by people at the end of the day. And again, not overcomplicate something that for the uninitiated definitely is confusing, but like you can learn. It's not that difficult. You know what I mean? If you have somebody that's willing to, walk you through the steps. So Absolutely. what's your biggest pet peeve, Jason, about the industry? Um, I think, you know, what you said, a lot of the jargon, you know, like that's always bothered me a little bit. <laughs> but um, I think, you know, when you look at some of the the core metrics and like the problems of advertising, like things, you know, like we're still kind of hung up on the same metrics. Like I've been mm-hmm. doing it for a while. I still think that like, you know, you look at a performance report and, you know, when you're looking at analytics, it it just feels like it's been stagnant for, you know, the better part of a decade. Like, I don't think like there's been any real major advancement in terms of like solving advertising problems. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to explain it any, you know, any better without like getting too in the weeds, but I, I don't think that, um, you know, the industry, as much as they say that like, you know, advertising has evolved and, you know, there's diversity and tactics. It's really, really just the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. you're counting impressions and clicks and conversions, and you're just trying to kind of match up attribution. And that really hasn't changed at all. Yeah. Well, I also think people neglect to understand that, you can push out as many ads as you want. And then Jeff kind of spoke to this, but really like brand recognition is such a huge thing too. So 
there's the design that goes into it. There's the, your website, there's your social media pages. Like it's all like a part of the same system, but just putting out ads isn't going to get you the results you want. There's so much more to think about. So people, I think people tend to think like, oh, I'll put out ads and I'll get more clients or I'll get more sales, but there's just so much more that goes into it too. Yeah, no doubt. So when you guys, I don't know, are you, you're on social media, right? Or no, do you not put a lot of effort into social media? Because I usually ask my guests if they are on social media, do they talk mostly like professionally or are they more like, I don't know, open and they're, they're fine with making things a little bit more personal. Like what is your stance on infusing personality into your business? So we should be doing more social, you know, we're, we're trying to keep LinkedIn very professional. Yeah. We're doing some blogging in the beginning and we were trying to push it out to different channels. Um, we're really busy right now. And that, yeah. that can be, you know, kind of a challenge to keep up with your own, you know, advertising sure and managing social. I mean, obviously there are agencies that specialize in managing social, right? Um, so it can be a job in and of itself. So we should be doing more there. And then recently I'm like, you know what we can do is we can just kind of, you know, just be on Instagram and just kind of put some hokey pictures up there. And I think just as long as you have some touch points with your audience and, you know, you just remind them that you're still there. That's probably right. enough for us right now. Yeah. Uh, until we have more resources where we can really lean into it. And it's kind of ironic being an agency that counsels <laughs> clients on these types of things. And yet yeah. here we are doing the bare minimum of what we should be doing. Um, but from a client acquisition standpoint, I don't think for us, it's where, you know, where we should necessarily be fishing right now. I think there's exactly. other ways where we can better use our time than, you know, doing organic social or even paid social. Definitely a cobbler's kids has no shoes situation or whatever. Yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah. But like the content that does get posted by Jason, it is all personal. I mean, there's no like case studies being promoted or it's like, Right. Could you marketing and you yeah. know anything just to kind of like get people to smile and you know remember that we're there like it's definitely personal yeah. not, not overly professional but yeah. I mean I think even outside of, outside of social like I think to kind of the discussion we were having a few moments ago our approach is to be like really approachable and regular on conversations with prospective clients current clients so there's definitely a lot of chatting up front and how's the family and sharing personal stories and just being kind of open books about that. I mean, again, it's just kind of our way. So even if it's not yeah. social, like I think that personal feeling kind of comes through in other ways. Yeah. Kristen, you, you've been kind of prolific on social lately, right? Like over the past sure six, to, six to 12 months. So what's been your approach are you scheduling time and just kind of devoting days of the week where you're actually, you know, curating content? Yeah, well, it's interesting because the way that you describe your social media presence is kind of how I would describe my presence in terms of like my design business. So I'm, I'm kind of, I have like two branches of business. I have my design work and then I'm doing more coaching and, and business coaching and helping people transition into running their own business. So with my design work, I'm not 
putting any effort into getting clients. I'm turning people away because I'm so busy. Like I had three people email me yesterday and I was like, I'm booked till April. Sorry. So like, it's a good problem to have. Right. But I want more business coaching clients. So that's what my content on Instagram is really framed around and it's talking to them. And in terms of coming up with content, I wish I could be the person who could sit down for like an hour and like hammer through stuff, but I have to be like, I'm a creative. I have to like be in the mood for it. It has to be like inspired. And I don't know, it's kind of as needed or as I'm thinking of things. And I think because I've done a lot of work over the past couple years to get better and, and more, I don't know, my, I've switched my headspace to be thinking about that client. It's gotten a lot easier. Like I think probably once a day, I'm like, oh, that would be a good idea. And I'll just write it down and I'll make it happen at some point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I like Instagram. I think it's really fun. And people have been like, oh, you should go on LinkedIn or maybe you should try TikTok. And I'm just like, I'm putting my energy into Instagram. That is good enough for now. Like maybe we'll get into other stuff, but that's the platform I really like and I'm drawn to. Cool. We we should talk about TikTok though. I think you'd do really well. (laughs) I know. Well, it's funny because like two months ago I hated reels. I saw like all reels on my feed and I was pissed because I'm like, that's so much more work. And now like all I make are reels. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, who am I kidding? Do you I know. Consume? Are you a are you a consumer on TikTok or do you not? Even yes. Know? Oh, you are. Okay. I have an account. I allow myself like ten to twenty minutes a day to look at TikTok <laughs> because I just think Good it's funny. Wow. Like it's like yeah. my feed is like so fun and there's like no negativity on it, which I, I know it depends on like whose feed you're looking at, but mine's like funny animal videos. <laughs> it's just fun. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll get into TikTok. Maybe by this time next year, I'll be on it, but who knows? Yeah, I don't think it would be such a leap with uh, from from what you're doing already. Probably not. You know, and the audience is tremendous there. One of the things that I've always admired about what you've done with social is that you're very authentic. Thank you. you know, everything you do is very genuine. And, you know, if if um, if if this is a, a, um, a way to acquire clients, I think when they start working with you, like your persona, you know, like what they see on social is what they would get with you as their designer or career coach. And again, I think you do a really nice job with that. Thanks. Yeah. That's the goal. Right. (laughs) And also speaking to something that you were talking about earlier, you shouldn't have to sell people. Right. I always tell people we, you should want to help people like Mm -hmm. listen to your audience. You, You don't have to make a product for the or find an audience for a product. You should be making a product for the audience right. you have. <laughs> like, uh-huh. don't make it more difficult than it has to be. So, as soon as I switch my mindset to actually listening to what people need, it's been a lot easier and a lot more fun. I would say. Mm-hmm. Thanks. So, <laughs> fun questions. Uh, here we go. <laughs> Not that the other ones weren't fun, but I find these to be more fun. But I want both of you to answer. But if you were a car, what kind of car would you be? People get really stressed about this. I don't know why. It's supposed to be fun. I think I'd be a boat. Boats are more fun than cars. Okay. Is that okay? (laughs) That's okay. Why a boat? (laughs) I need clarification. Oh, it just seems like... uh... 
the the uh the vessel the thing that you would be on it would be more enjoyable than being in a car mm-hmm. be out in the sun breathing some fresh air maybe swimming maybe fishing yeah seeing places that you wouldn't be able to see in a car that's good believe. answer yeah so i'd be a boat not a car okay i don't know how i follow that up um <laughs> i mean a competition I guess I I don't know. I feel like I'd be the car that I recently bought my first ever new car. It's a Toyota Forerunner. Oh my god, that's like my dream car. Kind of I have like, a Rav Four. Oh, nice. Those are nice too. I know, but the Forerunner. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm just thinking about it. Maybe it's kind of like your dog looks like the owner, or the owner <laughs> looks like the dog. Maybe it's kind of the same thing with the car. Like, yeah. I know the Forerunner, like capable around town you know like but really likes to be in the woods and go off road i love camping i love like being outdoors you know mm-hmm. so it's a little bit oversized like me after covid uh, <laughs> like just it's reliable like good hard work and reliable truck yeah. i don't know good no answer. answer than that but it seems to work as i'm describing it so i always describe me as my rav4 so I'm in the same okay, all right. <laughs> same camp as you. I was gonna ask what you were, but okay, the ref four. Yeah, for the same reasons, pretty much. I've had we haven't had anyone like repeat an answer yet on the podcast. So what was the most out there answer? Does somebody have like a you go or something? Like what's you're just no, I've had some go. surprises as like some cars I've never heard of, like my friend the other day said one that was like a really, really small car that I've never heard of. And I can't remember what it is, but I was like, interesting. And then someone I interviewed this past week said that she would just be like any car that you lease. Like she just wants to lease. She doesn't want one car. She wants to be like many different cars, but it makes sense. Cause she wears a lot of hats. Like she has a lot of different businesses. So I was like, that does make sense. But each answer is kind of fun. Uh, highly recommend on a side note if you are interested in the forerunner feel free you can come to charlestown and try mine out you can drive it around town but it they're a blast i don't know if i want to drive it in charlestown (laughs) drive it out of the city or you know wherever great i'll show up randomly and be like where's your car so when when was the last time someone said something like wow, that's so you, or, cause I, I frame this question as, wow, that's so on brand for you. But I realized through doing this that a lot of people are like, no one says that, but hmm. to, is there anything that people like, I don't know, like they send you on Instagram or Facebook, like things that make people think of you. Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah. It is I, tough. I think, I think we get more of a response to the name than perhaps, you know, what we were trying to conjure up with the name. But okay. That's okay for us. Like even some clients will just respond, good, period. You, you know, like they're actually playing <laughs> along with like that whole, you know, hokey yeah. name game thing. Yeah. I mean, agree on the business front personally. Like, I mean, there's so many things that get shared around on like Instagram or whatever, but nothing's jumping out of me is like anything recently where somebody said, like, oh, this is so you. But it's like, I don't know, we're watching. Escape to the Chateau DIY, huge plug. If you haven't watched it, look it up. It's amazing. <laughs> British people buy castles in France and they fix them up and it's- What a life. TV. 
So like the girlfriend and I are like sending and it's like, oh, this, this chateau is so you like, you'd love this one or whatever, but like nothing that's actually. Yeah. Me. I don't know. It's just stupid stuff. So that's a really tough question. I know. Well, people, the people around us usually can answer it better than we can for ourselves. Like my boyfriend was like, oh, like I think of like you when I see geckos because we just got a a gecko the past year. Um, And then I'm always posting about my fish tanks and um, people usually think about me when like there's like a hiking thing, like little pockets of of things. But the only reason why I know that is because people will tell me that. Yeah, it's the same way. Like, I'm trying to think of maybe a more, like, specific story. But, yeah, like, just riffing on what you're saying. Like, camping. Love camping. Go camping multiple times every year. Like, yeah. I just did a getaway. I don't know if you've ever done one of those. The getaway. I haven't. They're always booked when I look. They're crazy booked. But, like, yeah. you know, anytime there's, like, a story about that or something, even, like, the ads, she'll still forward me those things. You know what I mean? Like, but, yeah, camping. That's a stuff. Both yeah. of you are athletic outdoorsy people aren't you um athletic was probably 10 years ago for me Jason's <laughs> still pretty athletic in his biking everybody hey, you're wearing a mountain bike sweatshirt i know i you know it's because i was biking and i was a little sweaty and cold so i just threw this on and i just realized <laughs> i'm like double branded with like oh that. And the, yeah i was hoping i wouldn't get picked up on but um oh, well too bad <laughs> yeah we like to be outside i think that's if i'm yeah. outside and breathing fresh air that's a better place to be i mean i do send you biking videos anytime something for whatever random reason i get a mountain bike something on my instagram feed will forward it to jason <laughs> yeah so that's on brand for you oh yeah. did i misinterpret the question was this supposed to be on brand personally or you can take it however you want most people take it personally anyway. well, i missed that you're fine. Don't worry. It's not a test. <laughs> it is. First of all, you got two marks down for the boat answer. And now I you're. Now oh, I like that answer a lot. I'm sitting here. I'm like, why are they talking about themselves like this? I don't get it. But <laughs> I, it was me. I missed the question. So, well, the point of my podcast is kind of to bring in the point that you are your brand when you run a business. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the, the reasoning behind that question got it okay I no it. worries you didn't do anything wrong i like having dual answers so and this is the first time i will say that i've had a duo on here and oh, it's wow. very fun very fun dynamic so thank you for being the first ones um so i have two more questions the next one i usually ask people about how they were as kids because i think that our childhood, like it definitely affects how we are as adults, but I think it's interesting to think about who we are as kids and then thinking about, wow, we're running a business now. Is that something that you would expect or maybe not? I think I was a pretty independent kid, but I was also one not to take things too seriously either. I guess that's kind of how I am now. It's a tough question. (laughs) Only the tough questions here. Yeah, this is the fun section and they're hard. I know you're zinging us. I mean, I was also a pretty independent kid. I'm an only child and I was also a massive nerd. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'd always known that I wanted to kind of do something for myself, but I also like, I'm not surprised that I spent a lot of time in corporate because I want to kind of like do the right thing. Mm. It took me a little bit to realize that there's kind of different paths that you can follow and you just got to do whatever you want to do. 
don't have any regrets. You know what I mean? So I think that independence that I had as a kid, cause I was an only child and like, just my parents were pretty liberal with me and just letting me kind of like, my dad would always say there's consequences for every action. There's consequences, but like, you can do it. You're just going to live with the consequences. So I was like, all right, screw it. I guess I'm going to go F off and screw this thing up and I'll just deal with the consequences. <laughs> I just got to like bounce around and be independent and kind of figure myself out. So yeah, I don't know. It, like, I think it kind of fits with where I'm at now and like why I ended up yeah where i'm with good you but it's funny you both describe yourself as independent because i would describe myself as an independent person even as a kid too and i also think when looking back i grew up around my uncle's pizza shop in town a little Mm -hmm. pizza shop the only shop in town and i feel like having that experience really showed me that i could do it like people do this like you can have your own business, even if it's just a little shop. So just having that, I don't know, knowing that's a possibility, I think helped me be like, yeah, I could do that someday. But I never really wanted it. I didn't say in my head, like, I want something of my own one day. Just when the time came, I was like, that's that's doable. Similar, but slightly different for me. Like I always felt like I wanted to do something for myself because my grandfather, my dad's father, like had a little empire of liquor stores and convenience stores and uh-huh. in Stanford, Connecticut. And like just growing up, like I'd always known that and seen stories, he owned like six or seven different liquor stores down there and did really well for himself. And I feel like I had that kind of entrepreneurial spirit in my mind, like from a kid. Yeah. And I feel like I had, that, that's the reason why I'd always kind of told myself the story of like, yeah, one day I can do it for myself, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, interesting that you, saw the example, but never actively thought about going after yeah. it. it just kind of happened for you. You ended yeah. up there. Hmm. Yeah. Pat, Kristen, how long have you been uh, in business? How, when did you start your design business? August, 2017. So I keep saying four and a half years, but I'm bad at math. I've been yeah. saying that oh, for a that's, long time. Yeah, that's four and a half. <laughs> that's about four and a half. Yeah, the past couple of years, especially. Yeah. yeah. Were you were you working a, a corporate kind of a thing beforehand? Do you know the company Magic Beans? I do. So yeah. I was the only designer there. Hmm. So small family run business. I was there for two and a half years. Um, prior to there, I was at a print company for on and off for like two, three years throughout college and then six months after college but i did my internship senior year at puma which was awesome i loved it so i have a little bit i have like the small like print background the corporate and then the small business like one-stop shop where i had to pretend to be a photographer and a videographer and a designer and i was like i don't want to do that stuff but i just got to the point where like i think a lot of people in retail in the corporate world get annoyed because it's so repetitive and like Christmas is always chaos. And I was just looking for the next thing and I was applying to jobs and looking at jobs and nothing really, I don't know, stood out to me. And I was 25. I had six months until I was 26. I was like, all right, six months and then I'll be off my parents' health insurance. And then yeah. I'll have to figure out and assess if like, this is really what I want to do. Because I was so worried about health insurance, which is very expensive on your own, for sure. Like, right. that's, yeah, that's a very annoying thing that we have to deal with. But 
that was really like the only thing I was worried about, which is crazy. Like (laughs) there's so many other things to worry about, but I think I've always been the kind of person who figures it out even when it doesn't work out or I don't know. I, I think I'm just like one of those people who's confident, not like cocky, but I'm just like, I'll figure it out. Like it's not yeah. a big deal. Self-confidence. It's good. Yeah. I think yeah, so. I, I, I feel similarly. I always think that everything will just work itself out. Everything yeah. will be okay. Yeah. Like I trust myself to know that I'm not going to put myself in a bad position, I guess. Yeah. Tying it back to the the business in the early days, um, especially you know when when launching and you know just trying to overcome those those startup things that you just don't even know because you don't know, right? Yep. I just remember in the beginning, I'm like, crap, you know, we hit a wall somewhere, and I was like, all right, well, I guess that's that. We won't win this client because we can't overcome this, and then you just spend a little time with it and you you wrestle with it, and then you figure it out. And then it was at that moment when I was like, you know what, I'm going to figure everything out. You know, it might not be perfect, but there's nothing that's going to stop me except for myself. So I'm not going to let myself be my, you know, the biggest obstacle. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I also think that speaks to the point that you, as a business owner, you really can't react to everything in the moment. I feel like you have to give yourself time because if you react with your first response, it's going to be like, anger, fear, like, you know what I mean? Like that the negative emotions always come up first, but I find that when I give myself even just like an hour to like do something else and then come back to it, I'm like, oh, this isn't actually as dramatic as I made it. 100%. We were just talking about that recently. I I don't remember the context, Jason was client or something, but like, you know, never respond to an email right away. If it's like, kind of an annoying situation or whatever, just like you can draft it, but like, like save it for an hour or two and come back to it because you're going to regret hitting send right away. Yeah, I was at peak emotion with one and you, you talked me off the ledge. So that's what it was. <laughs> that, that one hour of cooling down and you end up with a much better response and just a Great. much better, you know, thinking through the whole process end to end. So thanks for that. Okay, you so we have, we have one more fun question. Is that uh yeah? So I always ask people, well, I want the question is what is a funny story or what's something funny that you've witnessed in your life? It could be something recent or I don't know, the first thing that comes to mind, but I like to laugh, so give me something. <laughs> give it to me, funny man. <laughs> the thing the first thing that's coming to mind, and this is itself not actually that funny of a story but in the retelling of the situation which mm-hmm. now happens regularly and it just happened again this past weekend because these friends were in town <laughs> it's actually always hilarious and it's not going to be that funny so i don't want to like give too much of a lead-in but super convinced that i saw aliens oh wow like a couple years ago oh we were God, at our yes. friend's house in connecticut and we had had a night so whatever um, but we're outside and they live where there's far less light pollution. And there were these two different like glowing orbs that were super bright, brighter than any star in the sky. And they would just very slowly drift up and down mm. above and below the tree line at varying intervals. And there's just Weird. nothing that would make sense. Sense, like yeah. literally nothing that would make sense for where we were in Connecticut and whatever. And like, it's not a star, it wasn't a plane. It's like, 
a drone. So we're out there drunkenly <laughs> in <laughs> awe. <laughs> Mind you, I'm obsessed with ancient aliens and like the fact that there's life out there. So Same. Like, whatever. But so that's context. So I go upstairs. I'm like freaking out. I wake up the girlfriend who's like been in bed for three hours because it's like <laughs> in the morning drunkenly. I'm telling her that there's aliens. Again, it's a much better story when like it gets retold with friends in the area. But like oh, that's the thing that's coming to mind because it was actually hilarious. And then the next morning, <laughs> yeah, they were definitely aliens to be clear, but like just <laughs> made fun of incessantly by the friends that were there seeing me freak out about this was was pretty fun. My my dad swears that he saw aliens once and my dad doesn't believe shit like anything. So I believe him. <laughs> I mean, again, like I'm a pretty... I can be a pretty serious person when I want to. And I was deadly serious that night. I mean, drunk as I was, like, there was no way that that was anything else. Nobody will ever convince me otherwise. You know, 100% aliens, 100% abducted somebody in Connecticut that night. I, I hope they're okay. You know? I hope they're okay. I do too. All right. We'll end I mean, with aliens. That's fine. I mean, aliens aren't even that funny. It's just, it's a funny personal situation for me more than a story. So... So thank you both for being on here and being my first duo. Very exciting. I also want to make sure I give you a few minutes to just tell people where they can connect with you and find you. And I'll put everything in the, the notes of the podcast. So you don't have to like worry about spelling or anything. We're good. You marketing. I'm not going to spell that, but you could spell it a variety of different ways. I'm sure you can imagine that. Yep. Full service digital ad agency. We're Boston-based. We love working with local clients, but we also love working with national clients as well. You can find us on our website, netgoodymarketing.com, and you can see all the pets of our families on our Instagram account, which is yes, not very active, but we're working on it. And uh, yeah, we're on LinkedIn. And there's LinkedIn. Some, there's, some, there's some decent, somewhat aged blog content that we posted there. <laughs> Uh, I would say stick with the Insta and, and, and the website for now. We'll, we'll work on LinkedIn. All right. Yeah. Works for me. Thanks, Kristen. This is fun. Yeah. I hope you guys had fun, even though I surprised you with my questions, There's even though I sent them to you in advance, but whatever. <laughs> I should have been just, doing I'm a little joking. bit more homework. <laughs> well, we, we've been oh, I like busy, it. but now you get, an authentic response instead of like a premeditated exactly exactly so thank you always nice hanging out with you guys so i appreciate it good to connect yeah thanks for having us again soon in an out podcast format yes sounds good all right all right goodbye Bye. bye